Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Super Bowl 56 is here and it is beautiful. Man, I can't wait for the big game. So what better way to break it down than by making a boatload of predictions? And I'm talking more than just who's going to win. We got player props, half totals, coin flips, Gatorade colors, and so much more all right here on the Breakout Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, sponsored by Link Me. I'm Zach Cohen of the Draft Network, alongside the admirable Cole Topham of Chargers Wire. We have a lot to cover today, man. Not only do we have 19 predictions to make, some which are pretty darn wacky, we also have five hot takes sent in by the fans to make fun of. It should be a super fun episode, pun totally intended. Yeah, no, I'm excited. And Super Bowl week is always fun because it's like the, the biggest moment of the players' careers. And yet in media leading up to it, they're all relaxed. They're like, the hard grind is over. The 17-game mm-hmm. season, the playoffs, that's all in the past. Now we just got to focus on one game and being our best for one game. So it's always interesting to see like the players' attitudes and and just you know how comfortable they are leading up to the game. You've got Jarvis Landry showing up to give OBJ kudos in his Zoom. Just moments like that that really make Super Bowl mm-hmm. weeks just so heartening and, and exciting. I've always said that I hate Super Bowl week because I think the Super Bowl is overrated because it's the end of football season. Look, I'm going to love the game. I love watching the game. Obviously, if you get a game like the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl from a couple of years ago, then or from a year ago, geez, that feels like a decade ago. My goodness. Uh, you get a game like that. It's not as much fun to watch. And then it kind of ruins it. But hopefully this game will be good and it can kind of make up for the bittersweet ending of the football season. And then we move in to the offseason. No, that brings a whole new slew of what the hell we're going to talk about moments, right? Yeah, I mean, so to quell your football starvation, what you need to do is you need to open up a Google Doc. And the listeners can help with this too. But you need to make a Google Doc with YouTube links of Megatron highlights, Percy Harvin highlights, Tavon Austin highlights. Don't don't forget that one. Tavon Austin with Kidding, Hel- uh, Ben to Helen back. That's that's a must watch when you know football. You start really missing it. So Ooh, I like that, that should help you. I like that last off season. I made it like a goal of mine to just learn more about like the history of football. So like late nights, like Wikipedia pages, uh, reading articles about old players and old coaches and watching like YouTube interviews and documentaries. Like I saw a really good thing about John Madden last off season. And then obviously he passed. So I revisited some of that. So that was kind of my goal this off season. I really like to learn more about the game, like from a scheme perspective, you know, I've, I've seen some good stuff on TikTok. I've seen obviously some good stuff from you, my man can't, can't forget about that, but just like learn more about the intricacies of the game. And I guess that'll be my off season project, but of course that will be later because on Sunday we got Super Bowl LVI. Yes. I had to double check that that meant 56, Roman numerals, not a huge fan of them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we get into it? We got 19, I hope I counted correctly, 19 predictions, all based 
<clears throat> on player props that I pulled from BetUS. By the time this episode comes out, a little announcement here. I wasn't even planning on announcing this, but I think I probably should now. I'll be an affiliate with the BetUS Sportsbook. So if anyone is of legal age and enjoys sports gambling, you can use the link that I'll be promoting on all over social media to basically help you gamble on some sports. If it's legal, of course, don't want to be promoting any illegal activity here on the podcast, but of course you can follow that and all of my stuff on social media at Zach Cohen FB plug for you, my man at ham analysis, but let's get into it. It's so all these bets, all these player props, all these weird predictions we're about to make coming from bet us a sports book. Pretty cool. Not just because I kind of work for them. Now let's get into the over under these are the general predictions about the overall outcome of the game. And the over-unders have 48 and a half points. So do so we expect, high scoring. yes, do we expect the Bengals and the Rams to combine for more than 48 and a half points? So what? I mean, that's basically like 24 and a half points per team, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I, I would say so. I think this Rams defense, the, the Bengals will have a game plan for it. I think the Bengals are going to get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands, you know, in timely fashion. But also, I just don't think this Bengals defense has enough, like, grit to hang with this Rams offense. And even if they do stifle them early, they're not going to hang with them the entire game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we'll give our, our final, like, predictions later. But I, I think this is a high-scoring affair. I agree with it. I think it's going to be an entertaining Super Bowl. I think I said – last episode it might have been two episodes ago that like Mm -hmm. this would have been the most competitive matchup we could have hoped for and we got it yeah definitely it's interesting because you know both of these teams I like that you brought up the Bengals defense because I feel like they've been the the most slept on aspect of either team in terms of like the units and how they've performed because the Bengals defense was pretty darn underrated basically all season especially toward the end of the season and now that they're in the most national of spotlights we really get to dive deeper into them. And while they got great players like Jesse Bates and Trey Hendrickson, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be able to keep the Rams from scoring a lot of points. I do find it interesting, though, that both of these teams really haven't been putting up like massive point explosions. Sure, the Rams dropped 34 on the Cardinals. They put up 30 on the Bucks. Any of the Bengals yet to go over 30, or I think they went over 30. I got to double check that, but I think you get the point. They're not dropping like 40 or so much points with as like, I feel that's the vibe these teams give off is that they're offensive explosive types that they could easily just go and drop 40 points. And I don't really think that's the case. I still think they're going to go over though, even though the Bengals defense is averaging and is allowing an average of like 19.7 points per game. And the Rams is averaging a little bit less 18.3 points per game. So I will also take the over on this, but I don't expect it to be like a 40, 30 type game. Yeah. Again, like you said, we'll get into some more accurate score position, uh, score predictions later. Our next one Rams outright. Most sites have them uh, Rams minus four and a half, but bet us has Rams minus four. So I guess technically right here, who, what, what are you thinking? Are you thinking it's going to be a close game? Are you, are you thinking that the Rams or Bengals could win by a lot? 
Yeah, I think the Rams are deservedly the favorite in this, and I think I would pick them to win it overall just because I think they have a more balanced roster, especially like that that defensive front and that secondary is, is really going to test Joe Burrow. I think I was thinking about this score coming in, and I have a little bit above that, 35 to 28 Ram. Mm. Just put Burrow in that situation where he needs to absolutely drive down the field and score, and he isn't able to do it. Um, I think there's there's some sort of defensive statement play, um, some error mistake that that Burrow makes in his his first time in the in the big game. So I think that's how I see the game playing out. I don't think actually I, I'm gonna save this for for later in the episode. Okay. Sounds good. I am very conflicted about this because I I think it'll be close, but I can see it being more like a five or six point game. Uh, but part of me wants to follow suit with how the rest of the postseason has seemingly gone and say it's going to come down to a final game winner. It's going to be a three. <laughs> uh, yeah, field goal, maybe even an overtime. We get an overtime game. We are in for a treat. And not just because you already know Twitter would be ablaze about who wins the coin toss in overtime. Whoop de doo. Um, that'd be an interesting bet if you're into that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, the last overtime. Super Bowl to go to overtime turned out pretty electric. So, mm-hmm. and the only one. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. I, for, I forgot. I, that's such a little known fact mm-hmm. that that was the first Super Bowl to go to overtime in so many years of the game. And think about how many overtime games we've seemingly had this postseason. Yeah just feels right that this game comes down to the wire. If this is like a 31 to nine performance, just like last year's, I, I don't really know. Like I, I would just feel like it's such a letdown because after everything we've seen from the playoffs this season, you know, barring like a tragic wild card weekend, it would just be so disappointing to see this game be a complete blowout or just a total board to watch. Um, I will I'm say that. Like, yeah. See, exactly. It's a new era of football. We, we deserve fireworks. Right. I will say that BetUS has Rams minus 200 on this and Bengals plus 170. So they're also favoring. And a lot of these these predictions are centered around uh, favorable odds for the Rams, which to me, and again, I don't really I really don't want to like spoil who I think is going to win or not. But like my brain and my gut are kind of torn right now, like between logic and just like the gut vibe, the feeling. So we'll, we'll see for you, our listeners, where that takes us. All right, so a little more uh, a little more about the points stuff here. Over-under for the Rams is set at 27.5. So do we expect them to reach 28 points? Yeah, I, I mean, I gave, I gave my prediction. Uh, I think both of, these, both of these teams hit the over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that too. And the Bengals have a 21.5, which again might be, I think that's a little generous to the over. I would, I would take the over on that as well. Last question before we get into some individual things, such as MVP, individual stats, especially on defense too. Who wins the first half? Who scores the most points in the first half? And the numbers that BetUS has is Ram, the Rams over-under is set at 13.5. The Bengals over-under is set at 10.5. And both of the only one that has like favorable odds is the Bengals, which is mm-hmm. plus 10 or plus 110, sorry, for the over. And then it has minus, I think it was 115 for the under. So this, I don't know if it's this book or like all the books, but it seems like a lot of people are not expecting the Bengals to drop many points. And I can see that based on how the postseason has drawn out, considering the Bengals have only scored four touchdowns across all three games. 
But at the same time, what we should really expect an offensive explosion to an extent, right? I feel like we should. And I think both of these teams, like, they're not reserved offenses. Like, you, you've got Sean McVay, the master, teaching his prodigy, Zach Taylor. Like, they're facing off against each other. Like, why shouldn't we expect these guys to just bring their A game for their, for their offensive arsenals, right? So I think this is what I was going to get into earlier. I think the Bengals actually surprised the Rams and come out on top in the, in the first half. And so, and just because I think Bengals, they're going to come with a game plan to combat this defense. They, they have two weeks to study this unit and identify any flaws. And, you know, Zach Taylor, he knows as much as Sean, Mc, Sean McVay knows that these two are going to come prepared to make those in-game adaptations uh, like during the game, but also before the game and come prepared and do their homework. So that's why I think the Bengals are going to surprise LA. I think I would take the over on this. And the Rams are tough. I think it, I think I feel more comfortable with the 17 to 14 score in the first half than, than those bets. Mm-hmm. So I think I would take the over on, on both of those, um, both of those bets. I like that. I like that. I can see a 17, 10 in favor of the Rams. And mm-hmm. again, you know, we saw the Bengals with the chiefs, like, Taylor, two halves for Cincinnati against Kansas City, right? I can kind of see that happening here too. Won't spoil how I think it's going to end just yet. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep our beloved listeners on their toes for that one. Um, but I'm I'm also I think both teams score more than that, but I think it's actually the Rams who enter halftime with the lead. And yeah, I course, just think like the offensive line. They're more fresh in the beginning of the game. They'll be able to combat that defensive line better. And, of course, you know, Aaron Donald, Von Miller. But second half, that's where you see them wear down um, just the wear and tear of the game. And Von Miller, Aaron Donald, the rest of the Rams are going to start hitting home and, you know, racking up that that sack total, those pressures on Burrow. And so that's why I think they eventually force some stops and overcome that deficit to take the win in the end. You know what I found interesting, and I had a – triple check this across multiple sites but the number one quarterback against the blitz this season you know who it is wait on me joe burrow really yeah so you would think with this concept that they have no offensive line they should have taken panay sewell yada 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 whatever and after seeing him sacked nine times against tennessee you would think burrow may not be so hot under pressure the opposite has been true. Mm-hmm. And then the third best quarterback, Matthew Stafford against the blitz. So maybe we won't see many blitzes. Maybe we won't see many sacks. Something to keep in mind if you want to place any bets or make some predictions on how those defenses perform. And we'll have a couple more individual defensive things to predict and talk about in a second. But first, a quick word from our beloved sponsor, Link Me. Link Me is the fastest growing social network, social media app. I love them because it's a link sharing platform, so I can have all of my content in one space. I can scan 
your QR code with your information. You can scan my QR code with my information. One-stop shop for all of my content, all of my pages, my Venmo. If I played video games, I'd probably still have my PS4 login on there, uh, my YouTube, my Twitter. And then, of course, it's just a, a social media app. There's so many people across the world all joining LinkMe. That's L-I-N-K-M-E on however you get your mobile device apps. And with that, let's get into some individual predictions. Of course, still baselined around the player props. So I think we should start with the head honcho, the granddaddy of them all. Who is winning MVP? So it's going to be a quarterback. And mm-hmm. the only way it's not going to be quarterback is if it's a receiver and, th- and it's a low-scoring affair, right? We don't expect this to be a low-scoring affair, so it's going to be a quarterback. And I think it's going to be Matthew Bird. He'll come out with the win in the end. He'll throw at least three touchdowns in this game or at least put his team in position. Um, I mean, I said said 35, so he, he'll put his team in position to score five touchdowns, and I think that's going to warrant him that performance. Stafford does have the best odds, of course, next being Joe Burrow. I'm kind of with you on this. I do think it will be a quarterback. Of course, a question could end up being, should it be a quarterback? Some may argue that a few years ago when the Chiefs beat the Niners, that Patrick Mahomes wasn't the one who should have gotten the MVP. It should have been Damian Williams. You could make that argument. So maybe this becomes one of those games. Could I see Joe Mixon winning MVP? Potentially. Could I see Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase doing it? For sure. But I'm with you. It'll probably just end up being the starting quarterback, barring a cataclysmic injury, the starting quarterback of the winning team. Won't reveal who I think will win just yet. Let's talk about those quarterbacks, though. Stafford and Burrow. I was surprised when I was writing my uh, weekly DFS column for the Draft Network, and I just profiled every single player in the game, talking about Stafford and Burrow. They really have not been slinging it as much as you would think. So for me to see that their prop on BetUS for 350-plus passing yards per each quarterback was at 325 odds, I don't know. I thought that was – Like, I really wouldn't take that. I don't think – I think maybe one of them goes over 300. I think the more emphasis for fantasy production would come from passing touchdowns. So how how can you see their passing performances shake out? I think it depends on how early the Rams – or both teams strike, right? Mm Because if if a team builds a sizable league, then they're just going to, you know – resort to running the ball and run out the time for the other team. And so I think I would bet on one of these quarterbacks to reach that mark. Um, Individual passing yards, 350 plus. I think the better bet is Burrow, just because if we're predicting the Bengals to be behind in the second half, and he's going to need to pass the ball in order to, you know, reach that mark and, and Stafford, you know, there might not be as much urgency. And so I think both of these quarterbacks are, are very care, capable of reaching that mark, but I would bet on Burrow to break the individual passing yards just because he'll be in that comeback mode. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely possible. Like both quarterbacks have been fantastic this year. They're top seven in passing yards and passing touchdowns, both of them. How many times do you think Stafford has eclipsed 350 passing yards this season? I know the answer. I want to see what you think. 
it's it's going to be like a pretty low number, isn't it? You tell me. I, I think it's a low number. I think under under three. You're right. Just twice. Just twice. Yeah. Let's go. What do you think about Joe Burrow now? I'm going to say tick, tick, tick. Five, five games. Three. Okay. There so was surprising. both, both of these quarterbacks um, are, are not meeting our, our oh expectations. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is hilarious. So Burrow had 446 once, 525 once, and 416 once. He, uh, the other games, he had one 300 passing yard games. He had three games. With 348 passing yards. Oh, so my gosh. He was shy so he was it. close. He was yeah. close. That was... should be more like seven or eight games. He was close three times. He was two yards away three times. I, that does, like, no implication whatsoever. I just think that's weird. <laughs> I love finding these little <laughs> stats like this. That's just weird, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I'm going to say they neither of them reach 350. Okay. I could see – Burrow eclipsing 300 and I can see Stafford eclipsing like 280 but I'm not projecting them to see 350 maybe not even like 320 so that's where I stand with them we'll talk about who's catching their passes in just a few moments but for right now let's talk about the run game because and I wrote about this um in my TDN article too look I know we all know about Joe Mixon we all know about Cam Akers we know about Sony Michelle maybe even Samaj AP Ryan but they generally feel like they're being kind of overlooked. And I get that. I get that. You got the golden boy quarterbacks with their superstar receivers and their high flying offenses and their young head coaches. Not a lot of people are talking about how good Joe Mixon was this season, how good Cam Akers has looked in his few games back. So I understand why their individual rushing yard props are relatively low acres and Mixon both to reach 80 plus yards by the way set at plus 225 odds right there so do you think this could be a heavy run game can you see acres and slash or Mixon eclipsing 80 rushing yards i mean it it's difficult i think Mixon more than acres just because mm-hmm. i think i think Mixon is is the better back and like I said, if I'm expecting the Bengals to come out and surprise the Rams early, then I expect Mixon to have a few chunk rushes here and there too. And so I think that's why Mixon is the safer bet. Honestly, like a hundred, I might've said no, but 80 kind of seems manageable for both these guys, especially with acres being so fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I would agree with you. Um, I don't know if I'd hit acres for 80, but I can see him hitting a home run play. Uh, the Bengals linebackers are not the best in space. You know, his tackling's a bit iffy too. With Mixon, I can see it a lot more, and not just because it seems like the Bengals are running basically every first and second down they play. I think that's kind of become a running joke, no pun intended, on Twitter, that they literally <laughs> – only throw on third downs. Um, but I can see Mixon hitting it. I don't think I'd bank on Acres to hit it. And that's not necessarily yep. an indictment on Acres. I just think the Rams have been a lot more consistent with throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I th- no, totally agree there. I think we're in agreement. Sounds good with me. All right, let's move on to some receivers. I included two because I wanted to talk about 
these two receivers specifically. And I'm not talking about Cooper Cup. I'm not talking about Jamar Chase. I think we can just agree and move on. They're probably going to have pretty big games, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agreed. I mean, what about what about Jamar Chase, though? I would be pretty shocked if he was shut down. Like, even last week. I don't want to say he was like locked down by any means because even with Jalen, uh, not Jalen Ramsey, um, even with like the whole Kansas city secondary seemingly keyed on him, he still did pretty well. He saw nine targets, 54 receiving yards and a touchdown. So that's not terrible. I think the big, benefactor of Jamar Chase possibly getting the Jalen Ramsey matchup. I'm not saying Ramsey's going to win 10 out of 10 times. Chase will win a few of those routes, uh, especially if Ramsey does leak off a little bit and keep an eye on the other receivers, because I do think that other receiver T Higgins definitely deserves some praise. I'm a little heated that he had to ball out last week because I think he could have been the best kept secret in Cincinnati's offense coming into this game. So last week, he had 103 receiving yards and 10 targets. And then the week before, he had 96 yards and nine targets. No touchdown, but this prop specifically is receiving yards. So I was wondering if you think that T. Higgins could be the guy to get the 100-yard receiving game and not Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think he definitely could. There's always that Super Bowl hero that gets overlooked. Um, I think Sammy Watkins was a few years ago. And James White comes to mind. Um Chris Matthews and that one Super Bowl between the, the Seahawks and Patriots, that ridiculous Super Bowl. Oh, um, he came out of nowhere to just <laughs> totally turn it up in the in the first half against that Patriots defense. So I think there's always that that underrated Super Bowl hero that maybe wasn't utilized as much in the season that becomes an X factor in the game. So I could definitely see uh, T Higgins assuming that role and obviously like everyone knows who, who T Higgins is but right now the discussion is oh Joe Burrow and Stafford facing off Ramsey versus Chase and T could be the one to to surprise in this game mm -hmm. and again it's not like he hasn't been producing he has been really good it's just that Jamar Chase has been better and I don't fault LA for zeroing in on Chase so I actually kind of like Higgins over 100 receiving yards uh however that's not to say Chase also can't do it I don't think it's gonna be a Tyler Boyd game CJ Uzoma may not even play we don't trust Drew Sample Joe Mixon will probably get some receiving work uh because and he's been really good at it lately too not expecting Samaj P. Ryan to see more than like one or two targets because that's kind of what he's been doing lately um I think the bulk of the air yards for Cincinnati will be gifted to Jamar Chase and T Higgins. That's not a bold take. That's more me saying, I think that opens up the door for Higgins to have a better game than Chase. Mm -hmm. And obviously based on all the factors we just talked about as for the Rams receivers, Cooper cup. Yeah, we get it. He's great. Cooper cups. Amazing. We got that. Let's move on. Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson. What are your thoughts on those guys? Because I saw a prop that I'm intrigued in. Don't know if I like it, but I'm, I'm appeased by. So what do you think about OBJ and Van Jefferson, the wide receivers two and three in that Rams offense? I think there's a good chance Van Jefferson outscores Odell Beckham in this game, like outscores mm -hmm. in the fantasy sense, but uh, racks up more yards. And I think OBJ is a better threat in the red zone. So I could see... 
Odell scoring more touchdowns than Jefferson, but I think in the yards department, Jefferson has a really good chance to shine in this game because mm-hmm. I think who are the who are the Bengals cornerbacks? Joby Awuzie, Mike Hilton, and Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. He's going to go against one of those three options, and I don't have faith in either of those three options <laughs> against Jefferson the entire game to just lock him down. And I think, you know, they'll they'll tamper with uh, obviously Cooper Cup in the slot, but they'll move him outside and. It's it's just a very versatile Rams receiving core, and I think it, it's it's it, football is a matchup matchups game, right? And Van Jefferson is going to be a matchup that is going to get overlooked heading into this game, but will be instantly prominent once the players step foot on the field and how they use him. Yeah, I definitely agree about the Odell red zone. It seems like their go to moves in the red zone, especially as of late, have been one. Fade route, Odell Beckham, he'll get oh, open. Go. That's money. Money. Two, the Matthew Stafford quarterback sneak. You know, the Rams have two rushing touchdowns this postseason. Both of them, a Matthew Stafford quarterback sneak from the one-yard line. So, again, not boating too well for Cam Akers or uh, Sony Michelle's fantasy uh, prospects. Pros- prospects. I don't, I don't know what I was trying to say there. But the main point is, I do agree also that Van Jefferson, there's a sneaky chance because I don't think a lot of people are going to be taking his his props, playing him in their lineups, which is huge. Because if you're setting a DFS lineup, a, a bit daily best ball lineup, you're in a playoff contest, you don't want all the players that everyone else has. It can be easy just to set a lineup of like Burrow, Akers, Mixon, Chase, Cup, a tight end, Evan McPherson, and then one of the defenses. It's not really, it isn't really how you win the big bucks unless you have a huge lead on them. At least that's so far in a playoff contest or postseason best ball. So if you want to make your lineup a bit different, shoot for the upside of Van Jefferson. Now he hasn't been the hottest receiver. I'll give him that. He had a good stretch during the season, uh, but we've seen him hit those big plays before. And to me, I can totally see him catching like a 32-yard bomb or something, and then automatically he'll rifle right up there to 60 receiving yards. And that's really the prop I was looking at, Van Jefferson, 60-plus receiving yards. Not as confident in that one as some of the other ones, but I think that's a a nice prop, a nice threshold for him to hit. It's definitely possible. But I think that upside is really what should drive your decision to take the prop, put him in your lineups, start him in contests, whatever aspect of fantasy you're touching. Uh, Real quick, before we get into this next prop about the defense, I am putting it out there because I've announced it on my TikTok. I might have tweeted about it. I talked about it in my TDN article. I think a sleeper who may not be much of a sleeper coming into the game, but he may be more of a sleeper now, is Rams tight end Kendall Blanton. And the reason is because he filled in admirably for Tyler Higby last week when he left with a sprained MCL. Ironically, CJ Uzoma also left last week, or two weeks ago, I guess at this point. I don't know how time works, apparently, uh, of, of a sprained MCL. So you have both teams starting tight ends all of a sudden questionable with sprain MCLs. Uzoma swears he's going to play. Higby, nobody knows. Neither of them practiced. I think that opens up the door for Kendall Blanton to maybe see like four receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown 
he did 57 receiving yards in lieu of Higby in the conference title game. So do you have a sleeper? You want to hop on the Kendall Blanton train? Is there a guy who you think could surprise everyone and pop off? What do you think? Uh, I don't have a sleeper at the moment. I do like Jefferson a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you call him a sleeper, though. But it's definitely not going to be a tight end, Zach. You, you knew that coming <laughs> into this episode. Like, we've got both Higby and Uzama. I mean, Uzama did the whole show of ripping off his knee brace and saying, I'm going to play at the, you know, the, the pep rally that they had a few, I think it was yesterday or a few days ago. I, I just I, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of these two tight ends are going to be too involved, aside from just, you know, moving the chains on a, on a pass or two, mm-hmm. but I mean, once again, it's, it's just the, the barren tight end landscape appearing in the, in the Super Bowl and the biggest game. Once again, Mark, my words, Kendall Blanton of all people is going to have a huge catch and you're going to text me. I like your that. Boy you're Blanton. I don't know. Just call it a gut feeling. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, Kendall Blanton, what a name. Uh, before we get into some Really random player props, not not even player props, just like predictions, props, the weird stuff, the stuff people love and hate to love for some reason. Who gets the first interception? We could talk about defense all day long and we could talk about players we like. Not much fantasy value there, but I was just curious, especially because I know a couple of the guys on these defenses you absolutely love. Who do you think could get yeah. the first interception? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at all the names at the top of the list, and they're all DBs. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, they're definitely – I can see why they'd be up at the, at the top of the list because, obviously, they're guarding the receivers and balls are getting thrown the receivers' way. I just don't think how many opportunities each team is going to allow them to make an equal play on the ball. Because I feel like, once again, Burroughs is – the idea is for him to get the ball out as fast as possible. They're not going to – they're not going to do that by just throwing deep balls and deep face to Jamar Chase and T Higgins the entire day. They're, they're going to work the middle of the field. They're going to get the ball out on those quick outs and hitches. And I just don't think there'll be much opportunity for a DB to make a play on the ball. And in, in, in terms of like an interception, hmm. that's why I think it's probably a better bet to place it on a linebacker because hmm. when they are making those middle of the field throws, they're going to be watching the DB. They're not going to be as too keen into the linebacker reading the quarterback's eyes. And so, I mean, players like, let's say. Ernest like Jones. Ernest Jones. Yeah. Troy Reader. Um, I, who's Jermaine Pratt. I think, I think he's dealing with an injury, but I don't know, maybe Logan Wilson on the Bengals. Players like those players that aren't in your face, stardom, Jalen Ramsey, you know, talking trash. I think that's a much more safer bet for, for first interception. Why am I feeling an Ernest Jones interception? I have no idea what came over me, but Ernest Jones interception. If that happens, I will, uh, I will freak out. Not sure why I'm getting that vibe. I don't think I'd act on it. And honestly, the odds to just say, Hey, there's going to be no interception are pretty darn good. I'm not falling for the bait though. I think it'd probably be Jesse Bates. I swear to God, I did not intend to do a pun there, Cole. I promise you that was not the intention. I just, <laughs> just how it kind of went. You are, you are a repeat offender of just saying <laughs> you're not going to make puns and then making puns. It just so. happens. It just comes out. My friends can attest to it too. It's just like, I don't, I can't stop, man. We're it's two years, two, we're two months from 
you know, our, our making of New Year's resolutions. So it's it's not too late to get back on that wagon, Zach. Nah, I don't know. I like wordplay, word choices. Words are fun to me. If a pun comes, it comes. I'm not going to hold it in unless it's terrible. Then maybe I'll say, hey, this is terrible, but here's a pun. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's flip to our random section. Here's another pun for you. Let's talk about the coin toss. <laughs> I knew I knew I had to do it. I, yeah, I am on a roll. I'm not even going to try to make a pun out of that because I'm turning myself insufferable. For some reason, everybody likes to bet on the coin toss. Not sure why. Uh, I, I will say I was perfect for conference championship weekend. I was two for two on those coin tosses. Not for the overtimes, mm. but for the main regular portion of the game. So real quick, heads or tails, what do you think? So it's the Rams are the visitor, right? So they're going to get to call it. I think they're going to call heads and it will be heads and they're going to defer the ball. Sounds good. You know, I wish we were writing these down. I wish we were writing these down. That way we could just reflect it. Or we could just listen to the whole show again to see what uh what we picked. Not sure. Sounds like a great job for you. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm too editing. busy about to flip this coin. So I'm going to flip this <laughs> coin. And whatever this coin lands on is uh whether it's going to be heads or tails in the game. Huh. All right, what do you think it landed on? Heads. Bingo. Heads. That's my I pick told for the coin you. toss. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Take the minus 105 on heads. Uh, who's winning the coin toss, though? You, you think the Rams are winning the coin toss? Yeah, because the Me Rams too. are the visitor. They'll have the opportunity to, you know, call the coin toss. They're going to call yeah. heads, and it's going to be heads. So that's why the Rams are going to win the coin toss. And just to your earlier point about why people like to bet on the coin toss, because it is the best moment of pure chance and pure exhilaration and euphoria for those of you that have been watching the hbo show of like that can make or break your bet right that's like just the classy way to begin your bet is the coin toss and then the rest the rest of your your parlay and so that it's a 50 50 chance of whether your parlay is going to you know work uh, for the for the rest of the game look at this zach and cole their uh their their expedition into Sports gambling. How about that? Fun stuff. Speaking of which, we got four more predictions left before I got some hot takes. I was going to put this in the outline for you, full transparency. But then as I forgot, I also said, well, I'll just spin it as I wanted to keep them as a surprise because some of them are pretty wacky. So we'll get to those in a second. But first, you, what was the score you said? I'm going to write this down. I'm going to start writing these down. What did you I say? I said 35-28 Rams. 35-28 Rams. So that's what you think. Okay, I'm gonna walk. Th- I'm gonna walk you all through my prediction because I'm feeling low 30s, late 20s. But I want to. I want to try to get some math in this. I think the Rams score at least twice, so that's 14. I think Matt Gay hits at least two field goals. That's six. That's a 20. I can see them scoring a touchdown, trying to go for two. So I'm gonna say the Rams score 26. The reason. I think the Rams go for two is because I actually think the Bengals win this game. There you have it. My prediction, hmm. Bengals win. Do I feel great about it? No, I absolutely don't. My my head, my logic is screaming Los Angeles. There's just something about this Bengals team. I can't shake it. 
the Bengals are suddenly cool now. I saw somebody at the gym in a Bengals hoodie the other day. When was the last time that ever happened? I know two Bengals fans, which is honestly more than I could say for like 10 or 12 other NFL teams. So props to those Bengals fans. Congrats. It just came to me lying in bed late at night. Like, man, it just feels like this Bengals team, not necessarily the brand. I'm still on like, you know, the Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer years of like how I feel about them. Yeah. Like the Rams just have a more Super Bowl championship winning vibe, but the this Bengals team, man, Joe Burrow, undefeated, undefeated in games you have to win. SEC championship, playoff, national championship in college. All of his playoff games thus far in the NFL. And then uh, the two games to get into the playoffs and secure the division. Undefeated. Won them all. I think he continues that. So I think Rams score 26. They try to go for two at the end. They don't get it. So we'll go 26 with the Rams. And I think the Bengals score three times and nine. So let's go 30. Let's go. Wait, no, that makes, hold on. It's 14 plus seven. It's 21. And then 21 plus nine. Unless they go. Yeah, so it would be 30 to 26, right? In favor of the Bengals. Right. But then the Rams would not need to go for two because, right? Oh, man. Now I'm going to go 30 27 because I just yeah. like don't think, I think the Bengals are up uh, unless it could come down to a McPherson field goal for the win 27 27. I'm going to go 30 27 Bengals. Yeah. That's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with. I'm sure it's going to flip flop. In previous years, I would have like four scores and say, this is the one I like the most. This is the one I like the least, but I like these. Only once in my entire life have I actually ever predicted a Super Bowl outcome correctly. It was the Ravens Niners. Uh, I got that one right. I think 34 31. I think hmm. it was. So there we go. So that's a score. Uh, game total. So we both, based off these, think it's going to be odd. Yep. You 35 28 Rams. I 30 27 Bengals. And again, we know what's going to happen when we make these public. We publish a podcast. We tweet about them, make a TikTok about them. People will come back and say, you really think the Rams are going to win? You said the Bengals were going to win. No, we <laughs> didn't. That was just like a one prediction, one probability. I'm assuming you're with me in having very little confidence in how this game's going to turn out, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I would like one. If any of you viewers have a crystal ball that you can make sports bets with, I mean, I haven't even turned 21 yet. So technically, I won't even be able to put these bets in formally. <laughs> but I would like to reserve that crystal ball for the future. All right. Well, if you do have a crystal ball, please send it our way at Zach Cohen FB on all social media. He's at him analysis analysis on all social media, our official predictions that we feel no confidence in whatsoever. Cole says 35, 28 Rams. I say 30, 27 Bengals. Let us know your official game predictions below. Tweet us, comment on TikTok, send us a dove. You know what to do at this point. All right. The last two ones we got to get to. I think the, uh, the three. Oh, wow. I got four. I did not see there's another page. We'll run through these then. <laughs> Zach laying out this document was just like, oh, we just got to jam pack a bunch of information in this episode. I'm all for it, man. Let's, let's go for it. <laughs> National anthem over 98 seconds. It's fa slightly favorable for yes. Is it over 98? Oh, I watched a TikTok on this about the person singing it. And uh, do you know who's singing the National Anthem? I, I totally forgot. Name. I forgot. 
All right, I'm looking it up really fast. Okay, look it up. Well, I announced that I think it'll go over regardless. I don't know. It just seems like that type of year. It's also funny. Like, I've never, like, bet before, but I've been with people who have, and they're going bonkers with, like, the timers, watching the game, wondering whether it's going to go over or not. Then, like, it goes over, it stays under, and people just go berserk. So who's singing it? It's Mickey Guyton, and I was watching a TikTok on this about people wondering, you know, whether to take the over-under on the national anthem time. And this singer is known to be a quick national anthem singer. They call her Quickie Mickey. What? Yes. What? Is, has, has she done national anthems before? I, I think so, just in, in other, you know, scenarios and sporting events. But they were adamant that even though she has this 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 name, this nickname, that she's going to hit the over on this. And I think they had a different bet. It was 135 seconds or something like that. Not not 90, 98. So, yeah. I mean, I'd take 98 then for that easily. I would take I would take I would take 98. Yeah. Okay, so you know what we're going to do, by the way? Uh, before we get to our hot takes, which we will do in a second, I'm going to write in the document what we all what we both have. So we say, so we both say over. Cool, 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 cool. Both over. Nice. All right, who will the MVP thank first? And I actually included the odds. I'll read them out, give you some time to think. From favorable to least favorable, who will the Super Bowl LVI MVP mention first? Teammates, God or Jesus? City, family or family members? Coach, owner, or none of the above. None of the above looks pretty enticing, not going to lie, but I would imagine it would be teammates. Yeah, I think that's the first, That's the third word. Not, not third, maybe seventh word that comes out of Matthew Stafford's mouth. Oh, uh, yeah. They don't seem like – they really don't seem like – like glory to God type of guys, at least not, not initially. All right. So we both mm-hmm. say teammates writing this down. Will if they it's show Cooper, if it's Cooper cup? Yes. Oh yeah. It, it will. It, it won't be teammates. It'll be uh it'll be God for, for Cooper cup. Could um, be his wife too. All right. This yeah. one I loved. I loved this one. This was a random one. Will they show Joe Burrow smoking a cigar plus five fifty for yes. Minus 1200 for no. Uh, I mean, since I took the Rams, no. I think they show him regardless. I don't know yeah. if it has to be live or not, but I think we're getting that LSU oh, picture. Oh, you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Will they show Joe Burrow smoking a cigar? Yes, they will, because they'll they'll show like Joe Burrow's career arc and and you know how he got to this moment. And one of those photos is going to be him smoking a cigar. So yes, LSU, Cincy, he's done it a lot. All right, the 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 cream of the crop. The final prediction we'll make: What color will the Gatorade be? I have no idea. <laughs> I have never been right about this. So take take for what I want for a grain of, grain of salt. I will say the last, I believe it's gone orange, blue, orange. And then I think there was like a, a, a weird year, like a purple. Then I think it was like blue, orange, blue or something like along that combination of, of recent history. So what's your guess? I feel like orange and blue are pretty common Gatorade colors. Mm-hmm. And both teams would want their Gatorade color to be their team color. I feel like. 
not really I, i've thought about that but it's not really how it works especially like when you had like the the chiefs and the niners like no orange no blue there you know same with the bucks and the chiefs kind of bucks got a little orange but i think everyone forgets about i'm that. still gonna take blue not because blue is my favorite gatorade but hmm. i feel like i've just i've seen blue gatorade on this on the sidelines of the rams before i don't know i i just feel like <laughs> i've seen don't be leading us astray here, Cole. I will say <laughs> it is nice that everyone can agree that blue Gatorade is just very good. It's it's impossible to hate. Yeah, it's Don't a classic. It. Um, I I'm gonna change this probably by the time this airs versus like leading up to the Super Bowl, but I actually think so. I'm gonna write down that you have blue. I'm gonna go with the the third option here. I am gonna go and say yellow green lime. I, I hot take. I think that's kind of a hot take. So there we go. There's that. So let's run through the predictions really quickly one more time. So over under 48 and a half points, we both say yes to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Rams minus four. I say no, but you say yes. Yep. We both say they're going to hit. The Rams are going to score over 27 and a half points. We both say the Bengals are going to sco- score over 21 and a half points. We both say that the Rams and Bengals will score the Rams will score more than 13 and a half points. The Bengals will score more than 10 and a half points in the first yep. half. Cool. Who's winning MVP winning teams quarterback. So I guess technically you say Stafford. Yep. And I say, as I do not know how to type and I say Burrow. All right. Stafford and Burrow 350 plus individual passing yards. I say no for either of them. No for either of them. And you say, I said yes Burrow. for Burrow. Yep. Cool. Uh, Acres and Mixon, 80-plus individual rushing yards. Do we say no for both of them? Uh, I'm going to say yes for Mixon. Yeah. Actually, uh, that's what, we, that's what yeah. we agreed on, right? Yeah, so if you want to do both Mixon. Yeah, both it. Mixon. Uh, T. Higgin, 100-plus receiving yards. I'm saying yes. And what do you say? How balanced is this going to be? I can I can definitely see it, but we're also forgetting about Tyler Boyd too, and and how much of a role like he's going to play. Mm-hmm, true. What's it going to be? Clocks a ticking. I feel like one, at least one Bengals receiver is going to hit a hundred. I just don't know who it is. And Jamar Chase, you can play him like pretty much everywhere to get a re- away from Ramsey, and I don't. I'm not really confident Ramsey is going to shadow Chase. I'm going to say no. I figured you were leaning that way. Uh, Do we both – all right, do you say yes for Van Jefferson? Yeah, I'll say yes for Van. I'll say yes for him as well. And then I think, honestly, that's kind of like a hammer home type type bet. I feel like that is – I feel like that is going to happen. Like that's a necessity. (laughs) It could. Yeah, I, dude, you know how much I love Van watching him be a Gator for all my time here as well. Uh, who is your first interception? Are you going to book it on a just you want to just say a linebacker? Just I'm going to say it? linebacker. Yeah, a linebacker. Cool. Heads or tails. We both say it'll be heads. We both say the Rams will win it. Uh, scores. We got these down 35 28 LA for you, 30 27 Cincy for me. Game total would be odd. National Anthem, both over 98 seconds. 
Uh, who will the MVP thank first? We both say teammates. Will they show Joe Burrow smoking a cigar? We both say yes. In the Gatorade color, you say blue. I say some variation of yellow. So with I'm that, yellow. I have some hot takes for you. Don't have to dive deep into them. Just want your quick reaction. Kind of a surprise for you. This one. All right. This first hot take coming from monkey underscore nuts underscore you dig. Vaughn Miller. <laughs> the names get me every time. That's not even the worst one on here. Worst is in like craziest. Vaughn Miller has five sacks and a forced fumble and wins his second Super Bowl MVP. Is there a world where this happens? I think there is a world where this this happens yes i don't think it's going to be five sacks in a game i think maybe two two or three mm -hmm. but five would be ridiculous i don't think there's a world where this happens at least within this world and the next like 100 worlds maybe the 101st world maybe that i'm not feeling this hot take but it's a good hot take because... I'm, I'm feeling half of the first part but not the second part okay 2.5 sacks. I can see it. I can see like one sack and a forced fumble, I think would be yeah. my Von Miller prediction. I don't see the MVP though. Yeah, me neither. But that's why it's a good hot take because whew, that's spicy. Just wait till you see these other ones though. All right. This one from Chris Hill, 4933. Evan McPherson, love baby. McPherson kicks four field goals and breaks Vinatieri's record by kicking the game winning field goal. That's part one. Do you agree with that part? I can see it. Not saying I, can, I think I can see it. I can see the Bengals driving for four straight drives and being unable to score in the red zone. <laughs> I can definitely see that. Second part. I don't think though, he wins MVP though. That's the second part. He says to be the first kicker to win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he wins Super Bowl MVP because the Bengals aren't going to win. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, hey, this guy, this guy's a Bengals hater right here, everyone. Cole Top, I'm at no, him. I mean, if you kick four kick. field goals, that just means like your offense isn't scoring, like in the, in the red zone or or isn't driving to to the end zone. So I I think it's hard to win Super Bowl MVP when you touchdowns are going to get scored in this game, and you're going to need touchdowns to keep up. Hey, keep in mind three postseason games, four touchdowns. Five touchdowns, five touchdowns in three postseason games. So McPherson's been the driving force here. He has 40 total points, which is pretty nuts. All right, this other one, this one's not that crazy. From baseball bro underscore 44. Shout out to you, baseball bro. Don't know what you're doing right now with that MLB lockout. He says, or she says, can't really tell, Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup both over 120 yards. Cup, yes. Chase, no. I agree with you on this one. All right. This one, this one's a little spicier. We're getting into some uh, flaming hot territory. I don't like spicy food, but I'm here for these spicy takes. This one's Jared Middleberg. He says, Jamar Chase gets shut down. Point blank. Shut down. That's high. I, I, I just don't see it. Just the way the Bengals can move Chase around. And this is also under the impression that Ramsey is going to shadow chase the entire game and Ramsey does shadow receivers, but I don't think chase is a receiver. You can shadow just because the Bengals are going to, going to move him away from him. And like against a, against DK or like Michael Thomas, like, yes, I could see Ramsey shutting that receiver down just because he knows where they're going to be on the field. But with chase, like chase goes into motion. He can operate from the slot 
He runs a pretty substantial route tree from anywhere on the field. I, th- I just think it's a, it's a hard ask to shut Chase down specifically by one player. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. It'd be pretty shocking to me, even for as high as I was on T Higgins earlier in the show, Jamar Chase might not be going anywhere, even if he has like one reception for like 70 yards. Totally possible. I love the hot take though, Jared. Keep that up. All right. This one. Do you want? <laughs> I got two. Oh man. This <laughs> I got two really hot takes right here. Of the six that I chose, these two were the hottest. Do you want take one or take two first? Take one. Take one from user numbers. First user numbers to ever make it on the show. There will be at least two safeties. At least two safeties. Scorigami enthusiasts everywhere would be ecstatic. I would flip a chair if that happened. See, (laughs) this is like the gap between NFL TikTok and like NFL Twitter. Because if you're posting that take on NFL Twitter, like... (laughs) The ratio that you will receive oh my would be otherworldly. You could you could say a lot more out of pocket stuff on TikTok like this, but I love it because we did ask for hot takes. So user numbers, congrats! Yeah. I mean that's that's scorching right Oof. there. Oh boy! All right, the next one's pretty hot too. Not as hot in my opinion from Brent De Young. Honestly, <clears throat> disclaimer: I kind of forgot Thaddeus Moss was on the Bengals. He says he'll go for three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. What do you think? I mean, he's not even the the second string tight end behind Uzama. And Uzama's expected to play. So it's hot. Can you it's, imagine This that? one's pretty hot. Can you imagine that? Thaddeus Moss, for everything that's happened in his career, coming out, what people said would be, he was kind of an early come out from um, LSU, undrafted, Washington, cut a couple times, bounced around a bit, lands with the Bengals, only to have a Chris Matthews-type performance in the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. That would be – I'm here for that. I am rooting for this. I am rooting for the Thaddeus Moss breakout game. Can you imagine draft and fantasy Twitter, their reactions to this? What would happen? Yeah, it would, it would be pretty nuts, but I think – like this take is hot enough where you have you have food on the griddle like over a fire and you leave it there for too long that it just gets baked to the pan. So I think that's what this take is. Like it's it's so hot <laughs> that the more you think about it, just the more unlikely it is that it's going to happen. Jeez, that that is my favorite analogy that you have ever Thank had. You. That is, is is props to you, my friend. Yeah, well, well, sure, we'll take it. Who knows? Uh, I didn't even have some Super Bowl commercial props, and I love talking and reviewing Super Bowl commercials. So maybe we'll talk about that on next week's show. We'll review them. We'll review them. We'll review some commercials. We'll talk about the hot takes. We'll look back on our own predictions. And, of course, look toward the future, a full offseason ahead of us, the NFL draft, fantasy football, dynasty, DFS, best ball, all that fun stuff. It'll all be here on the Breakout Football Podcast. I am Zach Cohen of the Draft Network, Cole Topham of Devil's Digest, of Chargers Wire, of – I don't everything. I don't know. I, I didn't really know where I was trying to the go. The breakout football podcast. Come on now. That's my most important title. Yeah, true. But then I would have had to say that for me, you know, I'd have retconned that. I think this is just a cue. It's time 
to log off. We will see you all next week. Feel free to follow us at Zach Cohen FB at Ham Analysis. Cue the outro music. Any final words, my man? Nothing much. I just think it's it's going to be an entertaining game. Like I said, I want fireworks. Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase for Jalen Ramsey. A lot of matchups to get excited about. So enjoy Super Bowl game Sunday, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.